You are listening to Hands at Work Audio. From Hands at Work on January 8th, George Snayman shares the 2020 watchword from South Africa. The watchword is a guiding verse that marks our year, a specific theme-focused scripture for Hands at Work in Africa and around the world. This morning, I want us to read from Mark chapter 4, verse 1 to 20. But when we read this parable, we see that the progression in the first three seeds that failed. The first one never started. The seed fell on a path. It, it didn't even reach the field. That seed died instantly. Secondly, we see seed that grew. It caught on somehow, but it didn't survive. The first setback it came, it actually died. Now we see the third seed actually survived. It actually rooted and it grew. But here's the thing. It never produced anything. It only grew. It only survived. Can you hear this? So maybe that could be like somebody that has got a real testimony. Somebody who really do love Jesus and that make a commitment. Nobody questions that. But when you look at their life, they're just surviving. They're just doing what they have to do to keep going. There's no fruit. So our watchword this year comes from this parable. And this is our watchword from verse 19 to 20. And I'm going to explain it to you now. The worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Others, like seed sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop, 30, 60, or even a hundredfold. Now, I believe the Lord is inviting us this year, every one of us, as individuals and as a family, as hands. He's inviting us to actually venture into the fourth place of soil. He's saying to us, I invite you to be there, a field that produces a harvest. Now, Jesus named the three reasons why there's a lack of harvest, right? The worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things. The worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires of other things are choking this plant, making it unfruitful. We can see here the seed is growing, but its growth is stunted, it's limited, and it never becomes ripe. You know what ripe is? It never becomes mature. That word, even though it grows, it's not, it's not like the other seeds where it was hard path, where it died immediately, or where it was shallow. That shallowness was talking, in the Bible it speaks about there's no root. No root. The third word fell on good soil. It, it had everything in the soil to produce a harvest. The problem is there was something else in that soil that was sucking the moisture and the nutrition and things away from this plant to bear fruit. Can you see what I'm telling you? 
So it's not on the hard ground. It's not on the shallow road. It's on good soil. Every reason to produce a crop. But there's something else in that soil competing with that plant. And that competition in that person's heart is preventing, it's so distracting, it's so time-consuming, it's so busy, sucking energy, resources, time, from that person's heart, that that seed that was sown in his heart will just never produce a harvest. He will stay barren. But the parable, and this is a beautiful part of it, does not only tell us of the condition, it tells us something about the seed that fell on good soil and how we can get there. It speaks about it, and it said to us, that seed heard the word. Remember, Jesus said, listen. That seed heard the word, accepted as truth. Dan told me yesterday, the verse God gave him so deeply over December was uh, Matthew 6.33. Seek you the kingdom of God. And all the other things will be added to you. Seek, hunt, focused, everything else. Paul says, dung, it's rubbish, out of my life. Paul says, I regard it rubbish. My education, my wealth, my culture, my background, my anxieties. I'm not saying it doesn't exist, but I'm saying it, I'm putting it at the back. The number one, the, the seat that needs to get the moisture the seed that need to get the nutritious value, that seed, I absolutely pour out everything into that seed. Because when that seed grows, it will deal with my anxiety. It will deal with my lust for power and my hunger for riches. But if you don't focus, if you don't choose to hear the word, and you know when you hear the word, it is, we spoke about reading the Bible. It's not about you reading the Bible through your white South African middle class white man classes so that I can justify what's here. So I don't think that can be true because I just don't think Jesus is like that. Well, that's not applying to us. No, that is born dead. That word is born dead. You don't read the Bible. The Bible reads you. You look at God, Jesus, speaking to you. And if he say, flee from sin, you pack your bags and you run when you see sin. You don't say, well, I know that, but his grace is sufficient, so I will get over it next year, next time. You say, I run. Because this is the supreme truth. Does it fit with my culture? No. Do I understand everything about the creation? No. But on Monday we spoke on our gathering. Can you remember? I asked you the question. So if it's not Jesus, then who? At least have the guts to say it. Josh McDowell said, He is Eva, the mighty son of God, born from a virgin, who came to redeem the world from sin. Oh, he's a mad lunatic. There's nothing in between. If you've got more than two brain cells, you will know he cannot be anything in between. He either is genuine, the son of God, the mighty creator of heavens and earth, or he's a mad lunatic and then find someone else. But what has happened? Because exactly of these things, the worries, the deceitfulness, the desires, 
we have taken the Jesus gospel and turned it into something else that suits us. We are not the first culture that's done that. Through the generations have done that. Right now, there's a famine in the Word of God in North America like I've never seen. I sat in churches for 40 minutes listening to preaching, not hearing the name of Jesus once. Not once. You know what salvation is for us in that places? Happiness is salvation. Unhappiness is sin. Oh, we call it other names, but that's the gospel. We have changed it because we don't allow the Bible to read us anymore. We read the Bible. We translate the Bible the way that suit us as a culture and as individuals or a church. And we say, no, we're going to hear God's word. And these things in this Bible, that's tough for me. I don't understand it. But you know, if I, if I really look at my father's heart in this book, his incredible grace, and I look at me, the chief of sinners, and how, what he did in my life, got no choice but to believe that this is true gospel and he's saying to us i want you in hands every one of you i want you not just to survive how can we change the communities how can we bring life to the churches that are way off in the in the villages where we work how can we influence the teams that are coming here how can we do it if we don't bear fruit? I'm not questioning our salvation. I'm questioning, do we bear fruit? And maybe some of us are bearing fruit. Maybe 30. I'm not happy with 30. I've got one life. You know, once that wheat or maize or something has produced fruit, that's it. The farmer comes and he plows them out and he throws the chaff on a fire and... The rest goes to the cows. That's it. You've got one chance, friends. You and I've got one chance to bear as much fruit as we can because of what Jesus did for us. So are we going to allow these weeds, these worries, this deception, this lust of the power, and are we going to allow that to suck the life out of what we learn on a Monday morning here or on a Wednesday morning in a community? Are we going to allow that to be stolen even the same day? So I want to come to a close, but I want to say to you, I really believe this parable is not talk, talking about bad unbelievers and then people that just don't have character and then some of us and then the, the fancy people. I think it's actually a parable of our lives. I know that I was at the place where the seed fell in the path. Many times in my life, a, lo a, a big part of my life, my, the seed that was sown fell on the path. There were times that I was so deep in trouble, it was life and death for me, that I said, God, help, help, help. And in His grace, He helped me. And by that evening, I forgot about Him. I was there where it, it never had root. It just jumped up and died in the sun. And I want to tell you, I know very well how it feels to be in a soil where the worries of this world and where my hunger for power, and where, where I'm, I know how it's sucking the, the anointing and the fruit out of my life. And I know the times when it's not there. That 10 minutes that I'm without it, I produce more fruit than I produce in six months when I'm so pulled by the power.
politics of the organization and who's there and what do I want and why must they do it? Why can't I be in charge? Guys, every time you think like that, it sucked the life of God out of you. You will not bear fruit. Yes, you will go to heaven. Yes, you'll survive. But is that what you want? So this year, we are going to say, Father, make us mature sons and daughters of your kingdom. And as individuals and as a community, we're going to ask the Holy Spirit and we're going to dig deep. Each one of us, George and my family and community. We're going to dig deep and say, Lord, expose to me the worries of my life. Show me what in my life worries me, holds me. I'm going to write it down. We're going to have a place where we're going to write these things down. The deceitfulness of wealth. You know what's one of the biggest deceitfulness of wealth here? That we think it's for rich people. I walked through Africa with one little backpack, two clean undies. Well, they were not always clean, but anyway. <laughs> two undies, a shirt, um, a passport, and a bottle of water. I walked for a long time through Africa. And a few times, guys tried to rob me from that pathetic little handbag. And I tell you, I fought them tooth and nail. I was on top of them. I was... I mean, I was doing whatever it took to get my back back. And I remember once it happened at the border. I think it was between Mozambique and Malawi. And again, a guy tried to rope me, and I hauled my back, and I was fighting off. And I walked away. My ankle was like this. And I was walking away. <laughs> and God said to me, you know, you are worse than a guy that's got 50 cars. You are just worse than I've ever seen in rich people. You hold on to that bag more than I've known any rich man holding on to his riches. So do not believe that lie. That if you look at Levi and he looks rich to you, that you think, well, I hope he's listening. This word is for all of us. All of us. For the rich guys, it is in particular a word. <laughs> Don't miss it. And many of us here are super rich compared to the people we love, right? But it's for all of us. That deceitfulness that's influencing your generosity. Every time God say, give. So, but, you know, we still got to go on holiday. That sucks the life out of God's word. It makes you not bearing fruit. I was so challenged by a man this holiday. I know his human family lived from hand to mouth. And his generosity. <laughs> I mean, he just... He just literally spent thousands of rand to buy me something. I nearly couldn't accept it. You know, I, I like wanted to say, please, don't give it to me. And he said, I know you would love this. And we prayed about it, and we want to bless you. Sheesh, guys. He blessed me with a gift, but it's hard. It's going to take me decades to work through that generosity. That's why he's growing, and his family's growing. The, the fruit. Honestly, this guy, if I push him a bit and he tells me of his life, Carolyn can tell you, it's, it's just one miracle after the other. Wherever he goes, miracles happen. And I'm serious, like real miracles happen. He's producing a harvest because he got rid of that stuff holding him and choking the plant. This year, we're going to trust God that we're going to grow. And once we know what these things are in our lives, we're going to call them by name, we're going to repent of them. What does it mean to repent? I'm not going to do it, I'm not going to do it. No, it means 
Lord, forgive me. Now, only you can change me. I'm inviting you. I'm asking you. I give you permission. <laughs> change me. I'm not going to try and grind it out because I can't. He's going to do it for us. So we are going to go and we're going to hear the word of God as the supreme word. It doesn't matter how we like it or not. We're going to accept it unconditionally, not the parts we like. And we're going to produce a harvest as individuals and as hands. And that harvest is going to be felt in Goma and in Gweri and in Likasi and <laughs> Matsino and in Oshuk. People are going to feel this harvest, this bumper harvest that's going to come from a small community of people in Hansard work. Imagine if we can produce a harvest a hundredfold, all of us. <laughs> Just for a moment. And if you say, well, that will be totally crazy, amazing. Then I've just got one question to ask you. Why don't we? We can. The Bible say we can. Mark, Tyler, John, Kara, Safiso, Busi, each one of you can produce a hundredfold. You just got to make sure that that plant gets the nutrition and the moisture it needs. Just imagine the legacy you're going to leave behind for your family, for your church, for Christians, for thousands of people coming to visit us every year. When they hear the stories and they look at us, they know we are just simple, ordinary people doing amazing things because we dare to deal with the things that rob us. So as we go into a worship now, as we, we go into the rest of the year, do you want that harvest? Some of you might say to me this morning, I, I'm sure I give about 30. Okay, I'll give you the credit. Maybe you are. I don't think I'm there, but maybe you are. But is that satisfied? What do I do, George? You start with the truth. This is what God's Word is saying. Accept what He said this morning as a truth. And come clean before God. Say to Him, it's true, and I want that, and I'm not there. And let him do it among us. Let this be the year where we really become mature. And our children and our grannies and everybody receive life. Thank you for joining us www.handsatwork.org